0: Uh, So, now to my message. We've been in the Gospel of John, and uh, how many of you have been enjoying uh, the messages we've been going through, how how rich the the Gospel of John is? Uh, We've really been digging in, in John 14, and there we find that Jesus is preparing his disciples uh, for his uh, going to the cross, for him to go to the cross and die uh, at Calvary, and as he's going there, he starts out with these words in, in verse one: "Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me." And he puts himself in the same category as God the Father. Then he, in, in verse six, he says this profound statement that uh, that uh, only only a, a a a person that is this person or a crazy person would say. Uh, After he says, you know the way, uh, Thomas said, no, we don't know the way. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's important for us to grab a hold of because that's the context. And from there, he goes on to explain that if you have seen me, you've seen the Father... And Philip in verse 8 of chapter 14 says, just show us the Father and we will be satisfied with that. And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So that's important. That's context right there. That's, that's what's going on in the background. And, and then as he continues to talk about, he, nev- he never said he was a Father. He said, I am the very representation of the Father. I am, I am God in bodily form. So we understand that he is the second person of the Godhead. And then he introduces the third person of the Godhead. Why? That is why we believe in a triune God. And we, we hear the word Trinity spoken. You know, anyone ever heard the word Trinity? God is triune. So it's three in union with each other. Three in one, right? One God Three persons, and he introduces the the Advocate, who is the Helper, the Comforter, and he said he's the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit. So we find all that context going on. Now we're going to go to chapter fifteen. Okay, so now we kind of got a we have a little bit of background. You understand that that Jesus represents the Father, but when he goes, uh, when he dies on the cross, and he and he is raised from the dead on the third day after forty days, he spent with his disciples. They knew that he was alive and well, that he ascended to the Father, and he sits at the what? At the right hand of the Father. We see that from Scripture. Okay, now he's going to continue to talk to his disciples, and he says this. And, and I'm going to uh, kind of, uh, before I go into the, the, the text, I, I want to I wanna kind of uh, ask a question. How many of you think it's important for us to have a, a fruit-filled life as a Christian. That our life should be be filled with fruit. In fact, Jesus said this before he ever got to this place. He said, they will know my disciples by their their fruit. And so we're all supposed to be bearing the fruit of God likeness, that God is working through us. He's working in us. And, And I really believe that there's someone that's sitting here today that God is going to speak to you And and he's going to invite you into uh, being united with him so that you can bear the fruit of God. So you'll have more peace in your life. You'll have more love in your life. You'll have more patience in your life. You'll have more gentleness, more faithfulness in your life. How many of us need more faithfulness in our lives? Or maybe uh, being able to suffer for a long time, long suffering. That means that you can suffer, but you still have the anchor of God right or self control be, being able to have self control in your life that you're not you're not addicted to anything you see addiction is not from god god wants you to have self control so this is how we bear fruit so we go to chapter 15 verse 1 and this is what jesus tells his disciples he said i am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that they may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, that's important right there. And what that teaches me is that the words of Christ are important to me and they cleanse me, amen? They're a filter from all the stuff that's out in the world that tries to pervert me, that tries to uh, uh, mar me, that tries to bring all kinds of distortion into my life. He's saying, you're clean because of, uh, of the word which I've spoken to you. And then he says, abide in me. Your Bible might say, remain in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Does that make sense? Yeah, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In Spanish, we would say you can do nada. Nada, that can be done. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them and they cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. I think that's important right there to stop. What it's telling us is that when we are in Christ, when we abide in Christ, when we remain in Christ, we will bear a lot of fruit. And the Father is pleased when we're bearing fruit. Amen? He desires for us to be fruitful, for us to have a fruitful Christian life. And it's possible. It's possible for you to have a a, a fruit-filled life. It's not something that you cannot do. I found this to be true in my walk with God, that the more that I remain in Christ, the more that I abide in Christ, the more that I lean on Jesus, the more that I'm able to accomplish for his glory, not for my glory, but for his, and that's vital for you. And it's vital for me. He says, just as the father has loved me, verse nine, I have also loved you abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you. What a way to finish. He's not done. So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. What a way to finish. What truth for us to, 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 to grab a hold of. That not only will we bear fruit when we remain in Christ, but we'll be joyful. And the joy that we have is not our joy that we can produce in our own ability or in the resources that we have, but it's in the joy of God and the resources that he provides. Amen? Now let me, let me say this to those that are here. That you guys are walking in the joy of God to go through that snow. And slip and slide all the way up here. Amen? And for those of you that are watching online, uh, there's a joy that God produces that I know that, that, that maybe you have already experienced. Or maybe you desire to experience. It's real. It's a real joy. It, it, it's something that, that, that you can't conjure up in your own abilities. You can't buy it. You can't, you can't purchase it on Amazon Prime. It can only be found through Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And so we 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 God calls us, God calls us to walk in this, in this, in this life, in this fruit-filled life. And I want to give you four takeaways <clears throat> that I think are gonna be helpful for you. To 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 walk in this in this in this life that, that you're bearing the fruit of God, and not only is it making a difference in your individual life, but it's gonna make a difference in your family. And it's going to make a difference in your, in your workplace. If you're managing people, if, you, if you're leading people, it'll, it'll help you to be a better leader. If you're, if you're working for someone, you'll be a better employee. If you are, uh, are you know, working in your community, you're going to make your community better because God always makes things better. God always makes people better. Amen? And that's why Jesus wanted for his disciples to do that. So the first takeaway is this, that a fruit-filled life as a Christian comes with you knowing that there will be pruning in your life. So it's pruned and spiritually healthy. And someone say, I love that. Yeah. Every healthy tree and every healthy plant that we have needs to be pruned. Jesus put it like this in verse 2, every branch that bears fruit, God the Father prunes. He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. The God that we serve is in the multiplication business. He multiplies our love with his unconditional love. He multiplies our peace. He multiplies our our patience. He multiplies everything because he's a great multiplier. Are you with me? So he wants to multiply the fruit in our life. But Jesus teaches his disciples that this multiplication comes with pruning So that we will remain spiritually healthy. And not only spiritually healthy, but also emotionally and mentally healthy. Because when you are spiritually healthy, your mental state is better. Your emotional state is better. Your heart is in the right place. And you're able to walk in the attributes that you can't make up in your own ability. And there are things that need to be cut off or cut out of our life for us to grow healthy and mature in Christ. God's goal is to mature us in Jesus, and that only comes with Him removing things out of our lives that can take us into a life of addiction, or removing things out of our lives that will take us into toxic relationship. See, God is not the God of toxicity. God is the God of health. He's the God that that comes and, and, and he restores us from where we were. And as he progressively moves us into the next chapter of our lives, it always comes with removal of things that are going to be harmful to our lives. And I thank him for that. I thank him for every step of my life with him. There are times that you don't understand why he's removing something from you. But let me tell you, if you're obedient and faithful and say, Lord God, whatever you need to take away, I'm good with that. You'll look back after 5, 10, 15 years and say, thank you, Lord, for doing that. Are you with me? As painful as it is, as painful as it is for, for branches to be removed, for branches to be pruned from our lives, it's necessary. It's necessary. And the natural teaches us about the spiritual. So in the natural, I went to a landscape website so that I could see what is, what is pruning all about. And as I went to this website, this is what they said about pruning. Pruning is when you selectively remove branches from a tree. The goal is to remove unwanted branches, improve the tree structure, and direct new and healthy growth. Now notice that the tree has nothing to do with the pruning. It's a pruner that does it. And so the pruner will look aesthetically and say, you know what, this tree needs to be shaped differently for it to function in a better way. And so aesthetically, you look at it, you also look at the health of the tree. There's this branch that's dying. We need to take this away. It continues and goes and says this. It says, pruning is one of the best things you can do for your trees. Just with a show of hands, anyone in here prune your trees? Yeah, so does Pastor James. A a, a proper prune is both an investment in the long-term health of your plants and an overall look and safety of your property. Hear me. Do you think that God d- desires to take unwanted things from his creation, making an investment into our lives and for the overall health of our lives and for the longevity of health in our lives? He knows what's good. You cut off branches that are causing decay and then possibly will cause death in the tree. You you save your property or your neighbor's property from damage when you cut out branches that can fall over into their roof or maybe into your property or one of your kids. It also allows the sunlight to reach important parts of the tree. And all of these correlate with our Christian life. As Christ followers, we should expect pruning. I'm not saying that we like it, but we should expect it. It's healthy for us when the father prunes toxicity in our lives. Sometimes it's people and sometimes it's habits, but it's always centered on the word of God. Notice what Jesus said in verse three. You've already been pruned. He's talking to his 12 disciples. You've already been pruned. And you've been purified by the message I have given you. Let me tell you this, uh, first service. And let me tell you, those that are watching online, that uh, the greatest thing you could do, the greatest thing that I've ever done, is allow the word of God to prune anything from my life that will keep me from Becoming everything that God wants me to become. Also to, to, to allow God to remove things that will keep us from, from this. What, what's keeping us from, from, from reading the word? What, what's keeping us from, from communion with the Father? What is keeping us from, from having this relationship, this fellowship with the Holy Spirit? There are a lot of things that are vying for your attention. There are a lot of things that want to take you there's a lot of things that seem very interesting there's a lot of wonderful things sometimes but if they're keeping you from this it'll keep you from growing in the things that are important in your life are you with me and there's a lot of things that are just think with me right now everybody that's in here and everyone that's watching think about what's going on through your mind think about what takes up the most precedent in your in your mind because this is where the biggest battlefield is in our lives and if, if, if there's things that are taking our minds places that are contrary to God, can I tell you something? We should want God to prune those out of our lives. So this past Wednesday is a special day in the, in, the, in the life of Christendom, right? This past Wednesday, many churches are celebrating the start of what? Of Lent, right? And for, for 40 days, the Lent period People will will sacrifice, and they'll give up things in their life, and they do that to draw closer to God. Now, you can do this religiously, or you can do it relationally. Religiously is you say, you, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop um, I'm gonna stop uh, cussing for uh, 40 days because it's not a good thing for me to cuss, so I'm gonna stop cussing for 40 days. And, and when Easter comes and, you know, I'll revisit that subject again, or, or you say, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to give up. And and the reason I'm saying these is because I've actually heard them or maybe even in my past life, maybe even done some of these, you know, or you say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to not drink for 40 days. And when Easter comes, you know, we'll revisit that subject again, because I want to deny some things because I want to Get closer to God religiously, or, or you say, you know, I'm I'm not going to get on social media for 40 days. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna stay away from that, and then when Easter comes, I will revisit those times again religiously. And then there's relationally, and relationally is is you come to that time and you understand that that 40 days are always. Important in the Bible, right? Uh, It rained for 40 days and 40 nights when Noah, when God had instructed Noah to make the ark. And after the ark was constructed and after the rain, uh, there was a new humanity that came into into play uh, when God rescued Noah and his family. Moses, when he went to Mount Sinai, he spent 40 days. With God, and He came back a different person. Jesus, when He uh, went into the wilderness before He started His public ministry, He was there and He was tempted by the devil for forty days and forty nights. And so, what the the forty day or forty year period the 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 children of Israel were in the wilderness for forty years. What it signifies is that after that forty, God is going to do something. New. So when I look at, at relational, uh, looking at the, allowing God to remove things from our lives, it's a lot different than religiously, because religion doesn't change our lives. A relationship with our Father does. And, and and when you and when you come out of uh, out of the Lent period religiously, then you can't wait for Easter, because Easter is, is a time that you've stopped drinking. And so I made it to 40 days and I'm going to pick it up again. Or you didn't cuss for 40 days, 40 days. And so you come in and, and you Easter comes and you say, Oh, I F and made it right. <laughs> or, 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 you, or you, or you, you know, social media, you, you binge on social. I didn't say the word by the way. I, 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 you, you're, you're on social media and you, you, for 40 days you have not been on Facebook. And then Easter comes and you're like, selfie, I made it. But isn't it wonderful to allow the pruning of God in our lives? Especially when there are some toxic habits or toxic relationships and we really trust God to bring something new. We replace that toxicity with a new way of living, a new start, a new way to talk. And the way that we do this is by allowing the Word of God to lead us to live for Jesus because the Word of God leads me to remain in Christ. To abide in my Savior. To understand that without Him, I'm nothing. Without Him, I cannot accomplish anything. And, 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 the, and the goal, the goal for, for, for Christ is not for us to be good people. Did you know that? The goal for Christ is for us to have a relationship with our Father in heaven. And that relationship changes us from the inside out. Religion tries to change us from the outside in. But Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he changes us from the inside out. Amen? And and so as, as he prunes the things in our life, we should be open to it. We should accept it. And it leads us to the second takeaway, which is this. A prayer-filled life will produce a fruit-filled life. Conversing with the people that are important to you are vital. I do it all the time. I have conversations with the people that matter in my life a lot. I was blessed yesterday and the day before I was able to spend some time with my son. My son came from the valley and, and his, uh, his dear friend, uh, Justin, was with wisdom and wonderful, wonderful man of God that, that came with, with Jay and wonderful people. And so we spent time and we talked a lot. We conversed. And the more that we talk, of course, me and Jay have known each other since he was born. And, uh, and you know, we've grown in our relationship together. We know each other pretty well. And so, you know, we, in, that, in that relationship, we, the reason we know each other is because we talk quite a bit. And that's what God desires from all of us. You know, a, a, a spirit-filled life or a fruit-filled life will never happen without prayer. And, and it's not religious prayer, but it's this relational prayer that we have with the Almighty God. God cares about the things that are important to you. Did you know that? Just like I care about the things that are important to my son, I want the best for my son. I want the best for my, my son who's in Arkansas. I want the best for, for my son who's in Mesa. I want the best for my daughter. I desire the best. I, in fact, and I'm a human that, that falls short of the glory of God, but I will do everything I can. I will try to move mountains so that their so betterment will always be at the top priority of our lives. Now, God is a lot more loving than me. Are you with me? And, and so Jesus said this. He says, if you abide in me and, I, and my words abide in you, ask. He said, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And we've already talked about this. We've, 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 we've visited this before that, that he's not a genie in the bottle where you, you're going to ask for things. God's not going to give us things that are harmful for us. Amen. So if you say, Lord, I, I want to win the lottery. That's the only thing that I want. God's not going to give you the lottery if it's going to harm you. But what he will give you is he'll make you rich in Christ. And he'll make you understand that, that when you have Jesus, you have everything you need. Amen. So he said, when you, when you ask, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So here, here's a takeaway from that scripture, that the more dialogue I have with the father, the more that... Uh, he understands, you know, where I'm coming from. He already knows that, but we, we, we have to speak it out so that we can have this conversation going. And the more that I read his word and the more that I hear his, his voice through his word and, and, and through, the, through, the, through that, that still small voice of the Holy Spirit, the more that I do this that I practice this, the more that I know that he's moving in my life. A perfect example of that is is so we they, they came down because they, 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 we were going to go uh, uh, pig hunting and and so they had a tag to go you know do some javelina hunting and so we went out to do that. Now, um, the first day that we went, uh, Justin said, "Did you pray? Did you pray, Pastor Reese? Did you pray about this?" And I said, "No, actually I didn't because my wife said, you 'You're not bringing that pig to our house.'" <laughs> So it's either you or my wife, and I don't sleep with you, bro, and I don't want to. I sleep with my, I sleep with Shauna, so I'm listening to her. So guess what happened the first day? No pigs. But this, yesterday, the second day, we I prayed a small prayer before we were leaving. I said, Lord, you know, thank you for us being able to come to, and just enjoy our you know time together. And Lord, if if you desire, just just show us, uh, just 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 let us see some. From Javelina, which isn't really—if you think about it—that's that, that, not real hard to do. All you, you got to do is drive around the because there's no—they don't—they don't hang out in the <laughs> in the mountains. They're all around here, but but so they're, they're, they are hard to find when you're trying to find them. So we go out there and and uh, and we took another good friend and conversation. Just great, great, great time. And and right away we found some some pigs. <laughs> And right away, Justin and, and, and Jay go down there, and, and they go, and, and they, do, they do what they do best. They, they harvested, a, a, which is not easy, by the way, guys and gals. They harvested some really nice nice pigs. And, and in that, I, I just kind of take a step back because God really cares about every detail of our lives. And maybe to some people that's not important, but to some people it is important. Amen? And so God cares about every detail of our lives. Now, the reason that I know this is because I talk to God a lot. I don't know what you guys do, but I talk to God a lot. I think that's vital for my life. And and when you talk to God, then you begin to see when he answers. Amen? See, you'll never see when God answers if you don't pray. It becomes a coincidence. But what I've come to find out in my prayer life is that there's a lot of coincidences that happened in my life. And I, I don't say they're coincidences. I say that's God answering my prayers. Now, the beautiful picture of that is because, is that it produces fruit in my life for God. Because I begin to align myself, and this is for all of us, we begin to align ourselves with what's important to God. What was important to God yesterday was not the harvesting of pigs. I mean, that's, that's secondary. What was important to him was this, building relationship. Are you with me? And, 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 and that special moment, we'll never get it back. We, we have it. It's a treasure that we have. Amen? And then the Lord said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send snow tomorrow, so I'll see you in church. It's just a wonderful thing, beloved, when we when we lift up our prayers to God, it's we begin to see the impossible become possible. What is impossible for you in your life right now? Can I tell you that is possible for God? Whatever you're facing, that challenge that is bigger than you, it's not bigger than God. The the, the difficulty, the roadblock that you're facing, it's not bigger than God. And if it's his will for you, talk to him about it. Father, if this is your will, lead me through it. Help me to make a difference for your glory. Help me to, 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 to not give up. See, there may be someone in here and you, you, you struggle because you give up on God because of things that have happened in your life. But you, you, you lose focus on, on the reality of Jesus' words. And here's the thing. If you're not reading the word of God, you're going to pick and choose what you want. And, and Jesus ascribed all the evil that goes on from the ruler of this world who is Satan. And the ruler of this world wants to steal all the good things from God and make them bad. And so you may be here and bad things have happened to you and you attribute that to God. And you say, why would God allow this to happen? Can can I tell you something? God is allowing the plan of 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 his device to work itself out. And in that, he's always making opportunities for us to look to him for the answer that we need in our lives. Whether that's a loss of peace, whether that's a loss of love, Whether that's a loss of being patient, all the things that we really do need in this life, we need the self control that God produces, and all these things. Maybe you've lost your self control, and you there's all these coping mechanisms that you use in your life because you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to lead you through this Holy Word, so that you can over overcome the wiles of the enemy, your real enemy who wants to destroy your life. Jesus, as he was talking to his disciples about prayer in Luke, uh, in in chapter 11, and he starts out with the Lord's Prayer, second place that it's recorded. But he goes on, he says this in in verse uh, nine. He says, so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be open. And then he says this, you fathers, if your children ask for a javelina, don't you give them to them. If your children ask for a fish, don't you give them a, or do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father? Now, look at this. This is vital right here. How much more will your heavenly father give you the lottery? How much more will your heavenly father give you a Lexus? How much more will you? He's not talking about that. He's talking. What do you need? How much more will your holy father give you the or your father give you the Holy Spirit? Because that's who we need. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can discern all the stuff in your life. You will be, (sighs) when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, we will be content with the goodness of God. Without the Holy Spirit, you will never find contentment. And you'll think that success is what you've done, what you've accomplished, how much money you've made, all these different things, you know how many women you've had, how many men you've had, all these You will never find contentment until the Holy Spirit produces that in you. And that's the success that God provides. But you can never have that if you don't abide in Christ. Here's the third, third uh, takeaway that life... Your life is to be lived out in obedience. And a life of obedience is displayed by the fruit of God's love. Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Obedience and living in Christ go hand in hand. And, and and this has to be said and 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 re- retold and 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 uh, continually for me to 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 concrete this is that only Jesus has obeyed the Father perfectly. He said, "I didn't come to abolish the law; I came to fulfill the law." So. Our, our right standing with God is not by us keeping the Ten Commandments. Our right standing with God is believing in Jesus who did. Are you with me? But Jesus gave commandments to his disciples, and one of the biggest commandments is that we, will, that we should walk out the love of God in our lives. They will know you by your love for each other. Amen? Amen. And, and the prophet Ezekiel, he, he prophesied into when Christ was going to come, and he's talking to the children of Israel, but it helps us because it, it, it also applies to us in our lives. He says, he says this, for I will take you out of the nations, I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. He's talking to Israel. And I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. It's talking to humanity right there. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your, all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Someone say thank you, Jesus, for that. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Let's talk about that. You see, the world... Has a way of callousing her heart. Anyone ever had a hardened heart because someone did something to you, and you just—I can't believe they did that. They, 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 I'm not going to let anybody in. I'm not going to let any, any. I'm not going to. I'm not going to trust a woman again because of what happened. I'm not going to trust. You know, if you're if you're a female, I'm not going to trust a man again because of what happened. All these things. Jesus said, when the Spirit of God comes, a, a new Spirit comes. Your heart's going to be changed from a, from a hard heart to a heart that begins to be able to feel. And that's good, because we can feel the love of God and we can give that love back. Are you with me? It's a miserable place to be if you cannot love or receive love. Hear me now. It's a miserable existence if you cannot receive the love of God and you cannot give that out. He keeps on going, he says, Verse 27, and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Do you you notice it's God doing that? I will put my spirit in you and I will move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. Now, look at what the Apostle John writes in his first letter. This is beautiful right here. Loving God means keeping his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world. For every child of God defeats this evil world and will achieve this victory through our faith, not our works. I trust Jesus. I believe him to be able to get me through. I believe him to give me love that I need for people that are unlovable. Unlovable. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. There's, there's how you win. There's how we win, believing that Jesus is who He says He is, and allowing that to permeate our lives. Jesus saying, speaking into this, "If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit." Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's our, here's our last takeaway. Here's the last takeaway. And this is, this is vital to, to end with. It's kind of like the bowl on the package. A joy-filled life is a product of a Christ-filled life. In other words, whatever you're filling your life with, this will point to why you have joy or you're absent of joy. That goes for all of us. Whatever I fill my life with is going to be the, 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 what's going to produce my lack of joy or my life that's filled with joy. The more Jesus I have, the more joy I have. Amen? And it's not human joy, it's God's joy. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Notice that he said to his disciples, my word spoken to you will ensure that my joy is in you. The more of this, and if I could just, oh my goodness, if I could just, as I reiterate this over and over, the more of the word of God that you take into your life, the more that God produces his joy in you for your life. The more of the word that I have, the stronger I am in this world. The less of the word that I have, the more the world pierces into my life and steals my joy. Are you with me? The the world cannot produce God's joy. In fact, the world depletes God's joy. It's only when we remain in Christ that we can live in the true joy of God. It's only when we remain in Christ that we, the pruning does not seem uh, uh, as, as, as hard as it would be without God. It, be, it, it produces joy in us because we understand that there's something good that's going to happen when we're pruned in our lives. He how do I know that? How do, PJ, how do you know that? What did James say, the Apostle James? The, the Apostle James put it like this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Are you kidding me? For you know that when your faith is tested... Your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When when trials come upon you, consider it pure joy because those trials are gonna make you better. <clears throat> There's gonna be something that happens incredible. I had a great trial yesterday. So I went down with these guys, and they're young, and you know, they walking up and down those hills like if nothing. <clears throat> something happened to me when I turned 56. Because my mind says, that ain't, that ain't nothing. Can, let me tell you something. When I'm walking down a hill, I'm fine. But when you got to go back up that hill in 33, unit 33, something happened to my legs. They turned into jelly. And I'm not kidding you that my, my joy was stolen right away. Because I was like, it's a long ways to where the side-by-side is and where a truck is. And I began to pray because I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it or not. But in that, hear me, in that, physically, there was an endurance that was being produced. Amen? And it's no different than our trials. Whatever you're going through, whatever God is producing in you, he's going to be for your better, betterment. I'm going to end with one more scripture, which I think is, is, is vital. Peter put it like this. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. NLT says, so be truly glad. Notice how he starts with that. So be truly glad. There is, a, there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. That's a, whole, that's a different lens to look at your trials through. It is being tested as fire test and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. What I know for sure that is this. In this world... We go from one trial to another trial, from another trial to another trial. And those trials are not a waste of time. Those trials right there are producing something beautiful in each one of us. And when we abide in Christ and we remain in his love, we will make it through. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, Lord. Lord God, we thank you for what you produce in us when we abide in Christ. And my prayer this morning is that every person that is here in this first service, Lord God, will, will know that you have a great love for them, that you have a great plan for their life, Lord God. I pray that they will submit themselves to that plan, Lord, that they will that they will abide in Christ. They will invite you, Lord Jesus, into their lives, Lord. And and as we prepare ourselves for the greatest day in human history, for for Resurrection Sunday, that that all of us will allow for you to remove things from our lives that are toxic. Remove things from our life that, 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 that keep us away from your word, that keep us away from spending time with you, that keep us away from us meditating on your goodness, Lord. You're a God of miracles. And I just believe that today you're removing something something from my life, Lord, that I'm willing to say, take it, because I know I'll be better off without it. I'll be better off with you as the center of my life. But I pray that for everyone else. And we'll be very careful to give you all the glories. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen Amen. and amen. Let's stand up and worship our King.